to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. We are, what, two weeks into June now? By the time you're hearing this, and which means June is going by fast, which like I said last week, this uh, this year couldn't go by fast enough. I mean, the way everything's going, but <laughs> here we are. And, you know, the uh, reopenings are continuing and going, um, whether that's a good idea or not, <laughs> sure doesn't seem like it to me, but they're doing it. But like I keep telling you, uh, just because they tell you stuff is open don't mean you should be out there going. And, and that's definitely, look, that's my philosophy and that's how I'm going I'm to keep it that way for the rest of this year at least because you know they look they, they, they're cooking the books they're pretending stuff's better than it is and all that kind of thing so I'm not going you know not going to no restaurants not going to no movie theaters none of that no sir not until there is a vaccine Okay. Yeah, you can cancel that. <laughs> but um, you know we're uh, look the, and until the, the topic, you know, so long as it's the you know thing or the big story, and actually even after it's no longer the big story, we're going to be talking about the protests and police brutality, what we can do, all that kind of thing. Because I've said it before, you know the, the battle is ongoing here. It, it, it does not, it doesn't end after a month or six months or whatever. Uh, and if nothing else, the ground has does, you know, does seem to have shifted a little. Meaning that you know in 2014, 2015 when you know, the Black Lives Matter movement at first started going, and you had, you know, the Ferguson protests and all of that. There wasn't really much of a stomach for it outside of the people who were actually doing the protesting and, you know, who were actually supporting the protest efforts. There wasn't much of a stomach for it. A lot of people felt, you know, put off and, or, you know, that kind of thing. And this time around, it seems like there's a lot more support. And, well, I think part of it, at least, is that just the the, the video with George Floyd was just so flagrant and just so bad. And there there wasn't, you know, there's no way to try and dismiss it as, you know, well, he was a criminal. Well, he resisted arrest. Well, you know, you know, insert excuse here, right? And he just they're just so extreme that, you know, that, that you know, that they kept, the officer kept his knee on his neck for so long 
and even beyond when he was no longer breathing. And it's just so flagrant that you know nobody can really deny. You, like you can't, you can't excuse that. You can't make an excuse for it. You can't deny it. You can't, you know, find some way to well actually it or whatever. Even though some people are trying. But, you know, those efforts to do that have not caught on, or they haven't gotten any traction, or or whatever, however you want to say it. And now, you know, into the, you know, we're into, you know, with all the protest marches going on, and seeing, you know, NYPD, LAPD just straight up attacking people. So it's, you know, it's it's kind of hard, it's hard to dismiss right now, and, you know, last Thursday, you know, in Buffalo, New York, you know, you saw, like, there was a 75-year-old man who was shoved down by, you know, Buffalo PD, and, you know, hit his head on the ground, bleeding, and then, like, the, this whole platoon of guys just kept walking right and I mean it was just it was disgusting and and, you know it was in broad daylight caught on video and you know things like that are hard to ignore or some of the video there was a video in DC of a guy just swinging wildly swinging his baton and just hitting people you know there were videos of in New York of you know, similar kind of things, and so, I mean, with all these videos popping up, and also, I mean, let's be real, that a lot of the people getting hit are white, so it's not just, you know, it's not, it's not people who can be easily, you know, cast aside or forgotten about or, you know, So, I mean, it honestly looks like it looks different this time. And that people who could dismiss it as a nuisance or an intrusion on their time or their space are now being affected by it also. And it has a different meaning. And look, that's a reality of how things are in our society, okay? Um, when if it only happens to black people or only happens to Hispanic people or you know insert group here then it doesn't catch on it doesn't get the same traction it doesn't you know have the same importance as you know when it happens to white people so yeah the, the, the imagery the image of white people getting the crap beat out of them by the police is you know a whole different thing and you know it adds a layer that otherwise is not there but now you know while talking here 
Yeah, I really wanted to lead off with, you know, uh, something that honestly I wasn't on board with, but now that I have a better understanding of it, I'm more inclined to think is a good idea. And that's, you know, the kind of defunding the whole concept of, you know, defunding or some people are going as far as like just abolishing the police. And I'm going to get to that. That's going to be the first thing on the radar here. You know, after I finish this introductory segment. <laughs> but, um, before we, you know, that's going to be first topic on the list here. But first, you know, that was Mary J. Blige that you heard uh, opening us up. So she is the musical guest for this week. And, you know, this isn't the first time I've played something about hers. I played one of her songs on the Andre Harrell tribute episode I did, you know, a few weeks back. But today she gets to run the whole show. And also this week, I think I promised some NBA talk because they are just about ready to go. Going to expand on the college football stuff from last week that I only, you know, touched on briefly. And we'll see what else. <laughs> like if you've been listening, you know how it goes. Um, yeah, I have, I have a few topics in mind when I get started and I, I wouldn't, and depends on what else happens during the week while I'm recording. So right now, you know, we definitely got basketball, college football and abolishing slash defunding the police. That's on, that's all that's on the list for this week, along with whatever else happens to pop up along the way. Alrighty. So. With that said, <coughs> time for some more music, and then I'll be back. Right here, high for you Because of you, I'm in heaven And trillion, very it 
Um, one of the uh, things that has come out of the past week or so, this discussion and protest marches and all has been the you know idea or the concept of defunding the police. And I'm going to get to that later because. Well, today's Tuesday, right, as I'm recording this part, and, well, you know, each day, you know, I've been coming across just more information, more explanations from different people, more different perspectives on what it all means, and, you know, Trying to be as informed as possible before I start running my mouth about it. <laughs> I mean, because again, it's it means different. Th- defund the police means different things to different people. And this being an election year, there is the question of how it plays as an issue or how it plays as a policy response and there's an issue of what is the best way to what is the best name for it as you're trying to sell it to the American people um, you know, there's been I've only seen one poll on the issue as far as people being for or against it um And, you know, there's also the possibility that, or the likelihood, I would say, that people agree with the substance, but, you know, the name, defund the police, is a turnoff. Unfortunately, that's that's one of those things in politics where you know, getting the kind of surface level stuff right is every bit as important or in some cases more important than the substance. I think you'll find that most people believe that we don't need all that riot gear or we don't need all these fancy sophisticated weapons. We don't need sonic cannons. Or, you know, we don't need a bunch of tear gas getting thrown all over the place, right? I mean, I'll be willing to bet most people agree that we don't need that. And that, you know, and that, you know, we don't need to keep sending you know, armed police into situations that totally don't call for it, you know. But, you know, we'll see as far as you know, soon, we'll see soon whether or not the name or the label defunding the police um, hurts the pushing for those ideas. Yeah, because well, there are some people already saying that you know, defund the police won't work as a name or as a slogan or whatever. Um, we don't know that yet. Right, we don't. 
So I'm not going to come out and say that it, on its own it's a bad slogan. But, you know, it is, the key is going to be really whether or not, or, well, a key is going to be how well you people are able to explain it. Right? If you can, if you can say defund the police and explain what that means in simple terms and very quickly, then, you know, I think it'll work just fine. But. If you say defund the police, but then and then you have to spend another ten minutes explaining what all that means, then that's no good. You know, if you got to write a bunch of paragraphs to explain what it means, then that's not good either. I mean, that's just the world we live in, right? No matter how good or beneficial a policy is, you got to be able to convey to people what it is in quick and easy terminology. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have trouble getting support for it. So my guess is that most people are, are for the substance and are for the individual concepts. The question is just whether or not they need to have a different name on it. Then defund the police. And we don't know yet. I mean, like I said, right now, all I've seen so far is one poll. And that suggested that defund the police was not popular. So, you know, but that's just one poll. I mean, if we get... If we get a bunch of polls all saying the same thing or similar things, then you can say, okay, well, there seems to be a consensus that that term isn't popular. But we don't know yet. And I would tell you, don't be careful, don't get sucked into the kind of social media debate, debate world where. You know, people are talking about it as if it's already a done deal as far as public approval. And with that, I'm going to kind of table this for another couple of days until I get some more information and can talk about this like I actually know what I'm talking about and not just spouting off garbage. So, anyhow, uh, with that, I'm going to give you some more music and then I'll come back and talk some more. Spark it up, yo, start the circulation 360 degrees in rotation Stimulation as the herb bless my physical creation Slipping to a hallucination Situations got me thinking about my life seriously Keep it real continuously Before I slip into blackness, I prepare for combat Protect my dome, cause that's where my home's at Crack my windows, inhale as the mist flows Build up my mental, construct on my fist 
Send love to my Brooklyn crew. Who be you, bad boy? Smith and Wesson coming through. Check it still. Traveling yeah. through the battle and handling all that's challenging to the very end. This is how we do This is how we do Every day, all day. This is how we do 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 When we get down with Mary G. This is how we do When we break day take a minute to have a little celebration <laughs> because uh, the one thing that has been happening on a, as an offshoot of some of the, the protest marches is that some some statues are being torn down and removed um, particularly I mean those of you know, confederates and some statues in other countries of people who were, you know, slave traders and whatnot, and let me tell you, that nothing makes me happier than to see those things get torn down, and to see things that are, that were once named after, you know, slave owners and whatnot, get renamed, and, well, first of all, they shouldn't have those things never should have been put up in the first place, and they should have never been named after those people in the first place. All right. And in particularly the Confederate stuff, because, all right, can we be honest here? Well, I'm going to be honest, whether you like it or not. Okay, Confederate generals and politicians and whatnot, okay, they were one if you're a believer in any kind of patriotism, those people committed treason against their own country. Number one. Two, they committed treason against their own country because they wanted to fight for the right to own other people and sell them as property and... to to make other people... You know, work on their property and for you know no payment and to break up their families and to rape them and mutilate them and kill them. I mean, that's all of what they were fighting for when you know the Civil War and the Confederacy and all. They were fighting for the legal right to do all of those things to people. All right, they weren't fighting over the right to you know 
drink sweet tea or or your southern manners or whatever, right? That's not what they were fighting for. They were fighting for the right to continue to own slaves and to do all the things that came along with being a slave owner at that time. And they committed treason against their own country because that's how bad they wanted to keep doing it. Alright. So to put, to put statues up commemorating those people is bad and wrong on every level. And if we really want to be petty about it, they lost. I mean, I mean, I mean, how many of these people who were crying over the statues being torn down also like to go on rants about participation trophies and, and whatnot? I mean, it, I'm sorry, there's nothing more participation trophy-ish than to get a statue in your honor because you chose to commit treason against your own country for the right to own slaves and got your ass kicked in the process. Okay, there's nothing more participation trophy-ish than to get a statue in your honor because you did that and failed. Okay? So good riddance to all of those things. Tear them all down. They're all bad. They're all terrible. There's no reason to have any of them. And if you want to really let's get into it some more here. I mean, those statues have been put up in places that weren't even part of the Confederacy. All right, that, I mean, there are Confederate statues in Montana and in New York. I mean, you know, there's nothing to commemorate about the Confederacy if you if you're not in a Confederate state. And on the well, you shouldn't commemorate anything about it anyway. It was a terrible bunch of assholes. But, you know, to have a statue up in a place that wasn't even part of the Confederacy is, like, double stupid. You know, like, when you, and you take some time to look into the history of these Confederate monuments and statues and whatnot, like, they weren't put up after the war. Or, I mean, immediately after the war. It wasn't like... No, you didn't have, like, families of, you know, defeated generals or whatever, or or people who have been, you know, killed in action, putting up statues to commemorate their dad or their grandpa or whatever. It, that's not what it was. I mean, we're talking, you know, I mean, war ended in 1865. We're talking 1920 when a lot of those things were put up and, and later. And, you know, they were all made by the same people. Like, they were all, and they're very cheaply made. And because you can tell just by, if you see some of the videos of them being pulled down. I mean, they all fall down pretty easy when when people try to take them down. Because they're very cheaply made. Because they weren't, they weren't built to actually be strong or sturdy or anything they weren't built to be like yeah I mean that wasn't the intention and 
there wasn't a lot of thought or care put into making these things. They were mass produced and slapped together and, you know, shipped out to different places. Again, some of which were not even part of the Confederacy or, I mean, and they were put up as basically as a way of marking territory, as a way of, you know, racist people marking their territory and kind of shoving it in the rest of our faces. And it's no coincidence that those monuments and those statues, a lot of them were put up as the civil rights movement began to, you know, pick up steam. And it was done basically as a, a slap in the face, as as a very evil and sinister reminder of just who's in charge around here. I, they weren't done to honor, they weren't put up to honor people or anything like that. They were put up to intimidate and to insult black people who were trying to fight for more rights and for equal treatment. And these statues and these monuments were put up as a way of letting them know that you know, you're nothing. And you don't run anything here. We do. And that, and that's it. And now, you know, here we are, you know, some decades later, you know, people are attaching sentimental value to them. And they'll, you know, don't tear it down, it's history. You know, if you want to read about Nathan Bedford Forrest, you can, if you want to, well, if you want to know about Nathan Bedford Forrest, you can read about him in a history book somewhere. Okay, if you want to read about, if you want to learn about Robert E. Lee, you don't need a statue of him and a highway named after him and all that kind of stuff. You don't need a highway or a statue named after Jefferson Davis. Okay, if you want to know who those people are, go read about them and it's actually the better choice because then you, you can I mean if you if you read enough about those people you will learn who they actually were and what just what kind of evil sinister pieces of crap that they were and that's exactly what they were they were human garbage all of them I don't care what kind of manners they had or whether, you know, they dressed nicely or whatever, I, I don't care. Okay, they were human garbage and they went to war to defend other people who were human garbage. And if we're gonna be real about it, some of the people they fought against weren't so good either. And You know, the only reason that they should be, that they're still commemorated is because, you know, they did other things that are, you know, deemed so important in the history of our country that it's, you know, not going to be a thing to make them disappear, right? I mean... But I 
there's no reason to name anything after Confederate generals. I mean, we have military bases named after people who took up arms to fight against their own country. We we have military bases named after people who committed treason. Okay? That makes no sense. None. Well, they were really good at what they did. They, they, well, one, they, they must not have been that good because they lost. But two, what they did was commit treason against their own country for the right because they to maintain the right to own people as property. That's what they did. You should not name a military base after somebody who committed treason against his own country. How stupid is that? But that's how racism works. Racism is stupid. Because, you know, people who are, you know, racist people cling so hard to maintaining an order in which they are on top of people of other races that they do things that are just completely stupid and illogical. And naming a military base after somebody who committed treason against his own country, armed treason, like he didn't just leave and write an angry letter or something. Some people who took up arms and went to war against their own country and, and you name a military base after them. Yeah, and people who, I might add, who were found to be on the wrong side of history. Yeah, we're not talking about people who you know, took up arms against their own country for a good cause or something. We're talking about people who took up arms against their own country in the name of preserving slavery. And we have military bases named after them. Okay, that only makes sense to people who are racist. Doesn't make sense to anyone else. And, you know, for those of you who haven't quite made that connection and who just don't want to, you know, get rid of history and get rid of tradition, there are plenty of other people who are worthy of having things named after them. People who did not own slaves, people who did not commit treason against their own country people who did not commit treason against their own country to maintain the right to own slaves right I mean there are lots of people you can name stuff after that didn't do any of those things important people in history I mean some of these confederate statues aren't even named after anybody there's just a commemoration of the confederate soldier I mean, is it really that important to have a monument to a, to not even an actual person, just to, to the kind of generalized idea of something? Or yeah, here, here's a statue to commemorate <clears throat> all of the people who, you know, committed the treason against their own country to own slaves, and and the you know generic confederate soldier wasn't even fighting to own slaves he was <clears throat> fighting for someone else to be able to own slaves he was fighting to maintain someone else's 
you know, economic prosperity that was not going to be passed on to him. So that's even worse. So yeah, you know what? Tear them all down. You know, they don't belong up anyway. They never should have gone up. They're an insult to... Well, they should be an insult to everybody. But they're particularly an insult to black people. And if you can't see that, then, you know, I got nothing for you. And... Or if you can see that, this is even worse if you do see it, but, you know, it's so important to you to keep them there that I really got nothing for you. You know, go play in traffic during rush hour. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's what you should go do. And, well, I'm not going to go play in traffic. Now I'm going to play you some more music. <laughs> and then we'll move along. statues to life in the workplace I mean, <clears throat> uh, no segue there it's just I don't know it was the next thing I thought of talking about but um, you know what I'm saying uh, I thought you know it came to mind because you know I've talked before about these you know corporate statements that you know people have been making the past few weeks and <clears throat> how a lot of them are disingenuous, full of crap, you know, all that. And also how they've, in some, a lot of instances, have sparked, like, basically a kind of retort from people who've been on the inside of those companies or who remember stuff that they did, right? And, and it's continuing to go on. Because, I mean, truth of the matter is, like, these companies, that they all have their little statements, we value diversity, and, you know, those of us who've been on the inside, a lot of these places will tell you just the opposite, right, that in some instances, they, they, these places don't hire, don't hire us, still, 
sometimes they hire enough of us so that they can say they're diverse but they don't do anything with us sometimes they you know <clears throat> they hire us they give us real stuff to do but they're not trying to pay us or give us promotions right i mean all of these things go on at these places and all and then some of them are quick to get rid of us the minute anything goes sideways or even if nothing goes wrong but you know somebody comes out and says something that's a little too honest right either about the company itself or something else going on in the world you know they're, they're quick to either get you up out of there or to you know give you such a cold shoulder that you end up leaving anyway Now, I can tell you, now where I've worked for a very long time, you know, it's not anywhere near as bad as some of these stories you hear, but it's not perfect. And there are some definitely some parallels. Uh, you know, I've been on the diversity board, and, and you know, the way diversity boards work in most places from my personal experience and from you know what I hear from other people is that you have meetings you talk about things you talk about you know how things are how they can be better all that good stuff <coughs> maybe you get to do you know a diversity day which is like a big day where you have you know it's like a, well, basically like a, almost a diversity convention, right? Diversity con, right? <laughs> and you have panels and you have speakers and, you know, and you invite everybody to come in and come to the panels and hear the speakers and eat the food and all that, right? And then you might even have like a big diversity project or report where you gather as much information as you can about how things are uh, handled at where you work and you put together a report and you submit it to the higher ups and they don't do anything with it and <laughs> they don't do it they say oh great okay that's, that's nice and they don't do anything with it and usually what well, you know so nothing happens out of all of your work You know, what, you know what usually makes things better on a diversity front in these in most places? Lawsuits or threats of lawsuits. That that's usually the big one. The other one is that you know every now and then somebody on the inside gets to a high position who wants a, more diversity as a, as a personal goal and they get high enough on the inside that they are able to enact a real 
diversity agenda that has some teeth in it and it actually makes some changes. That's how it usually works. And you'll, and then, of course, the, and then sometimes that person rises to that position because of the lawsuit. But these things just do not happen on their own. They do not happen out of the goodness of people's hearts who are in management or ownership or whatever. <coughs> but yeah, um, you know, diversity in a lot of these places is a mirage. And when it's actually achieved, again, it's not because it's not out of altruism. It's out of genuine feelings. <coughs> it's because people's hands were forced. Or because, like I said before, somebody, you know, reaches a high position who actually is truly invested and believes in it and makes it their mission to push it. <coughs> and then once they're gone and the people that they've empowered are gone, things revert to how they were. And that doesn't mean it goes back to being all white. But what it means is that it's just subject to the whims of whoever happens to be hiring at the time. <coughs> and the truth of the matter is, you know, I've said this before, I've said it again, we live in a segregated society. And when it comes to choosing who you associate with, you choose people who they feel comfortable with. And in a racially segregated society, <coughs> that means... White people feel more comfortable around white people. Black people feel more comfortable around black people, etc. And since there are more white people in positions of authority and positions to hire people and whatnot, that means you get white people hiring white people. You know, for the most important jobs or the most high-profile jobs or the highest-paying jobs. <coughs> right? That, that's what happens. So even if those people are not racist, right? Like, and you don't have to have on a, you know, wear have a clan robe in your closet, right? But you know, you still come to work and operate in ways that overwhelmingly benefit other white people and hinder people who aren't white. <laughs> Whether you hate everybody else or not, the results are the same. Yeah, I mean, that's what we need to get to in this conversation here, right? Well, because talking about people who hate is one thing. I mean, they exist, obviously. <coughs> and they need to be stopped. Right? They stopped. Not won over. Not convinced. Not, you know, any of that. They need to be stopped. That's how you deal with racist people. You stop them. <clears throat> you don't befriend them. You don't warm up to them. You don't try to win them over. You don't try to get them to change their mind. You stop them. That is all you can do is stop them. Stop them from hurting people. 
Okay, you marginalize them as best as you possibly can. And if they still manage to hurt some people, or, you know, and then you got to enact real consequences on them. That's what you do. This idea that we're going to, you know, sit down with a racist and befriend them and make nice with them and just talk to them and understand them and maybe they'll come around and seeing the error of their ways. No. The hell with that. Because it doesn't work. Alright. You know, you befriend the racist and try to be nice to the racist and talk to them and understand them and they stick a knife in your back. Figuratively and literally. <coughs> so no. That's not how it works. And I'm not in, and this is, I'm saying this to white, to any white people who might be listening to this. Because trust me, the rest of us know, okay? The rest of us already know that it doesn't work. That you have to, okay? So this, this, this is for white people to hear, okay? Racists have to be stopped. They have to be marginalized. They have to be prevented from acting on their racism. That is the only way you deal with them. Okay? You cannot win them over. You cannot talk them down. You cannot convince them to not be racist anymore. Okay? If that day ever comes, then that is a personal choice, a personal decision, a personal journey that they go on. It is not one that you can take with them or take for them <clears throat> or talk them into taking. You hope that one day, well, you don't hope anything, right? You just screw them, okay? Like I said, you marginalize them. You take the power away from them as best as you can. You stop them from hurting other people through their racism. That is all that you can do. Whether they decide to, you know, stop being racist or whether they decide to change their hearts or change their view, that, that's on them. And that's all, right? And you can't help them. So don't try. All right. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're somebody you've known for 20 years. I don't care if it's mom, dad, grandpa, whatever. If they're racist, they're racist. And you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna change their mind. They gotta change their own mind. And if you find yourself in a point of conflict, internal conflict over somebody you know who's racist, then you gotta make a decision. How you gonna live. Alright? You can straddle the fence and you know, and try not to, and, and try to maintain that relationship with them while you are, you know, constantly disturbed, rubbed the wrong way, whatever, by stuff they say and stuff they do. You can, right? You can try to hold on to whatever relationship you have with them, whether it's friend or family or whatever, despite how they're behaving. Or you can, you know, you, you can bounce on them. That's, that's that's your decision to make. <clears throat> but one thing you can't do 
is get them to stop being racist. There's no winning them over. Okay. There's no negotiating. So none of that. Okay. If you want, if you want things to be better, <clears throat> you got to make it better. Period in the story. And you have to do your part to make it better. Okay. That's all there is to it. Thank you so much. But I mentioned it earlier, and it's exactly what it is now. If you tell a rebel that he has to do something or he can't do something, what's he going to do? He's going to be a rebel. And that's just in the DNA, and it isn't right, but that's how it is. And that, that flag, if there, was, if there was any honor left in those stars and bars when the Civil War ended in 1865, if there was any honor left in that thing, it was wrung out of that flag by those who flew it over burn crosses and those who flew it over lynched black Americans and those who flew it while they were throwing tomatoes at little girls trying to go to desegregated schools. If there was any honor left in that flag, it disappeared a long time ago. If you want to see it, I can recommend a lot of great museums and we can go have that conversation, but we are not going to have it at the Talladega Superspeedway. Okay, and... Uh back and I'm going to continue on with you know about these you know confederate like monuments and names after buildings and all this stuff for a minute here because well I feel like it needs to be on it needs to be explained that you know or why people like me don't give a damn about these things or maybe it doesn't need to be explained. I just felt like I just feel like talking about it. I mean, basically, well, I said like, like I said before, like I mean, Confederate generals are people who committed treason against their own country to defend the right of people to own slaves. 
And as far as I'm concerned, and me and a whole lot of other people, ain't no need to have no damn statue up for that. I mean, basically, you're, you're, you're rewarding the behavior in the simplest terms. You're telling people that you could be an evil, vile individual, which is exactly what that is. But as long as there's somebody who feels some sort of, you know, sentimental value in who you were or how you presented yourself or whatever, that, you know, you can be spoken well of after you're gone. Look, these are people who should not be spoken well of. Alright? I mean... You know, being... A, 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 allegedly a good war general... Like Robert E. Lee... You know, people say he was. There's been some disputing of that... But... More recently, but still... You know, the... Defense of Robert E. Lee is that... He was a very good war general... And that, you know, supposedly aligning with the Confederacy was supposedly this big agonizing decision for him, and that he didn't do it until, you know, he, he waited to see how Virginia was going to go. And as Virginia went Confederate, then he decided to align himself with his home state. All right, that, that's the, you know, that's what we're supposed to believe you know, Robert E. Lee, you know, someone worth talking nice about today. Although, like I said, there's been, you know, I mean, you can, there's some stuff out there you can read that disputes how, just how good of a general he actually was. But also, you know, if you think the whole waiting for Virginia is legit I don't <laughs> but some people do then that's not true either because there were a whole lot of people from Virginia who chose to go fight for the Union I mean it's not like the whole state went Confederate and somebody put a you know basically made them an ultimatum and said, which way are you going to go, Robert? I mean, there were plenty of people in the state who chose to fight for the Union. And, and look, I mean, we know now that fighting for the Union wasn't necessarily the, you know, noble cause that, you know, some people make it out to be. I mean, it simply means that you, you were fighting to keep the country together. That's all it means for some people. I mean, yes, for some people it was fighting against slavery, but for a lot of people it was just fighting to keep the country together. But still, there were people, either way, there were people, in, there were plenty of people in Virginia who chose to fight for the Union. There were people all over the Confederacy who chose to fight for the Union. Okay? Being someone who was born and grew up in a Confederate state does not give you a pass is not justification not when there were people all over the confederacy who chose to fight for the union 
And not when there were entire towns, you know, located within the Confederacy that made the decision to not join. Yeah, and that's true across the board as far as these Confederate generals go. They, they all chose to commit treason to defend the right to own people as slaves. And no, it was not about anything else. The Civil War was about slavery. Okay, don't give me this other crap that people throw out. Well, states' rights. Well, what state right? Well, what, what, which states' right was which? There. You tell me which state's right they were most adamant about defending the right to own slaves and if you don't trust me if you don't believe me you don't agree with me go read the state constitutions for some of these states when they chose to break away and join the confederacy okay read the you know the documents that the people in charge of these states wrote you know, announcing that they were leaving to join the Confederacy. I, I mean, seriously. They spell it out clear as day. They don't leave any ambiguity. Or they don't leave any doubt. They don't have any ambiguity at all. They say point blank, clear and simple. We are leaving the Union because we believe that, you know, Abraham Lincoln getting elected means that they are going to seek to outlaw slavery. Okay, I mean, those were, those aren't the exact words, but those were the words that were used in, you know, the secession, you know, documents for so many of these, for, for the Confederate states. They said point blank, you know, Lincoln got elected, so we think you're going to try to get rid of slavery. We ain't down with that, so we're leaving. Okay, they, they didn't they didn't get it. You know, it wasn't a bunch of talk about taxes or you know, or you know, regulating the you know the flow of trade across the states or something, right? They no, they said point blank, y'all. Hey, Lincoln got elected. He ain't trying to keep slavery. We think he's going to try to get rid of slavery. We want to keep slavery. So route. Okay, this is you know back then. Back then, when, when people were racist, they came out and said it, okay? They didn't, you know, it, it isn't like now, where people hide behind, you know, code words and whatnot, okay? You know, if there's one thing you can, if there's, if there's one thing, if there's anything you can respect about old racists, old school racists, racists of, racists of days gone by, is that they had no problem coming out and telling you they were racist, Okay, they had no problem telling you that, yeah, we're white and we think we're superior. <laughs> they, they, they came out and said it back then. Right, they don't, they don't do that now. Well, not in public anyway. But back then, <laughs> they didn't give a damn. Back then, they came out and they, hey, they said what they meant, they meant what they said. So you can go back and look at these documents and you can find out exactly what they meant when they left the Union. Okay, there is no... There's nothing to be confused about or be unsure about or whatever. And I guarantee you, the, like, the only people 
who make I'm sorry there are people in 2020 who are invested in making the conversation as murky as possible okay and those people are full of shit alright the people who actually did the succeeding spelled it out clear as day why they were doing it so on that note the people who did it the people who defended it should not be looked up to okay they're they're, they're pieces of garbage who you know cooked up and conjured up bullshit as reasons why it was okay to own slaves and it was okay to treat slaves the way that they did alright that's who these people were that's what they were about and no amount of manners or you know fancy clothes or you know fine southern cuisine make up for that they don't no amount of you know being good at what they did as far as you know military men made up for that R. Kelly's a good songwriter. He's still a pedophile. Right? The, the, the songwriting doesn't excuse the pedophilia. Okay? So, the, you know, military prowess does not excuse defending slavery. It, you know, the, the fancy clothes and the southern cuisine and the fine manners and all of that do not excuse defending slavery. These men should not be held up or honored. They should be vilified at every turn. Okay? There is nothing redeeming about any of these men. They okay, they turn against their own country to defend something that's un, it's not it's undefensible, indefensible, whatever the damn word is. And they got their asses kicked. Okay. So there's nothing to defend. There's nothing to honor. There's nothing to, to talk nice about, you know, almost 200 years later. Nothing. So when these statues get torn down, we should all celebrate. And the statues are cheap on top of that, okay? They're not even good statues, all right? They're, they're pieces of crap that were slapped together so they could be shipped out all over the place and put up tents, you know, to to let people like me know who was the boss. And they weren't even, like I said, they weren't even made well. They're, they're made flimsy and cheap and they fall apart easy. So there's, so there's, there's nothing to, you know, make these things worth keeping up. So tear them all down. And there's no reason to name stuff after any of these people either. Okay, we shouldn't name schools after them. We shouldn't name you know, military bases after them. We shouldn't name highways after them. Nothing. 
and I understand something. These are not like people that we thought were good guys, but then you know later on, and you know, it came out that they did some awful stuff. This isn't that. All right. These people we know are trash from day one. And the only reason that anybody doesn't think they're trash is because there are some people who have you know, been on a mission for over a hundred years to, you know, convince everybody else that they're not. But they are. They're trash. They defended trash. They defended, you know, some of the worst stuff you could possibly do outside killing people. So the hell with them. Burn it all down, bury them all. And that goes for people like, you know, Christopher Columbus also. Go 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 read up on Christopher Columbus. Alright. <laughs> see, see, see just what kind of an honorable man he was. This is making you too uncomfortable if I'm poking too many holes and stuff for you. Don't blame me. Blame the people who lied to you about these folks. All right. Again, our country's history is full of accomplished, honorable people who were not perfect, obviously. Nobody's perfect. We're all human. But our country history, our country's history and our country's present day you know there are countless people who are or were both very accomplished and good honorable individuals and let's you know lift them up let's name stuff after them let's make statues for them although I mean we already make we don't really need to make statues I mean but let's you know name stuff for them you know let's talk about them Look, hey, as far as I'm concerned, we're gonna we're gonna honor some Civil War generals. You know, Ulysses S. Grant and William Tecumseh Sherman <laughs> are the first ones I'm thinking of. All right, those guys that had on gray uniforms go get bent. Well, they're dead already, but you know. Well, anybody who still wants to hold them up like they're some kind of heroes can go get bent. All right, that's it. That's it. I promise. No more. That's enough. That's like two whole segments in like 40 minutes on shitting on the Confederacy. Which I can do for all day. I can, you know, hell, I can do a whole three, four-hour show shitting on the Confederacy. Maybe one day I will. <laughs> but um, anyhow, enough of that. All right, I'm, I'm done. I promise. This time I'm done. Okay. All righty. Uh, more music. Then, finally get on to this defunding the police question. Be back in a minute.
second um i was supposed to talk more about the whole defunding the police thing i know i said earlier i would get back to it but that's not gonna happen this week <laughs> um sorry i those you know long-winded anti-confederate rants went a little bit longer than i thought they were going to but i'm gonna leave them in there because all that stuff needs to be said So yeah, um, I'd rather wait until next week when I can give this particular that particular topic the full attention it deserves because there's a lot to go over there. Um, you know the semantics of the terminology defund versus abolish versus you know reform or demilitarize. You know the potential political hang-ups of it. And in the substance of it all, there's just a whole lot there. You can do a whole show on that. Do several shows on that, to be honest. <clears throat> so, gonna put that off till next week. One thing that has been already been abolished <laughs> are a couple of police shows, uh, cops and live PD. Now, I had no idea cops were still on. And, Apparently, it had been canceled before and brought back. And now, Live PD is also it was Live PD is a few years old, and it's now been canceled also. And look, I mean, they're both the victims of the the moment. I mean, but I think we can look now and honestly say they. Well, cops should have been left canceled whenever it was canceled before. And, well, IPD, eh. I mean, the thing is with both of those shows is that <coughs> essentially they were kind of played up as if... They're, I mean, they are played up like comedy, basically. You, you know, you just... The police, they, you would just show the police arresting people who did... You know, kind of stupid things. Or if it was something more serious like domestic violence, you know, the encounter with the police would be kind of played for laughs. Like they would show the guy, you know, just probably a little drunk and he would say some stupid things, might try to run, and they'd go chasing after him. And of course, you know, the, the, the people who run from the police, running from the police, 
isn't that smart to begin with. So, of course, a lot of times the people doing the running would do something stupid. Right? Or they'd be, you know, or they'd be, you know, driving away in the car trying to get away. And then they jump out of the car and start running. And then, you know, the helicopter would be over them, shining the light on them and everything. And it would all be kind of played up for laughs. Like, like, hey, look at this stupid guy. Right? And, um, well... Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I never watched that episode of Cops and, and laughed. I did. Okay, I think a lot of us have. A lot of us, <clears throat> I think I only watched Live PD like once. But, yeah, I mean, when I did, I mean, a couple years ago, and look, I did laugh because, look, I fell victim, not victim, I fell for the kind of playing it up for laughs, the kind of people doing stupid things in the presence of the police. You know, and I'm guilty. Now both of those shows have been canceled. And because we're looking at it now and like, you know, turning law enforcement stuff into like a, basically a sketch comedy, not a good idea. And now it turns out in live PD, uh, there's an incident where somebody actually was killed by the police during one of their you know, one of the things that they had on the show, well, they didn't, apparently, you know, like somebody was killed, and then, but they lost the video. Well, they didn't, they didn't broadcast that part, but they also lost the video. You know, and then, I mean, the risk doing something like Live PD is that something like that actually happens while the cameras are rolling and apparently something did happen and they lost the video convenient huh you know but all together this is kind of you know causing us to take a look at you know what has been labeled copaganda basically movies and tv shows that kind of glorify police work and kind of distort things like police brutality, you know, when it comes to something like that, you know, cop shows and cop movies very much, you know, subscribe to the, you know, a few bad apples thing, you know, excuse that, you know, that has been put out by, you know, people who are just kind of apologists. To it and yeah um I mean we're talking you know years and years of that just and you know that's on top of years and years of you know law enforcement appreciation nights at sporting events and what have you and then 9-11 where you know, we started treating, you know, police and fire department and military, we started treating them like they're the Avengers of Justice League, right? I mean, okay, well, you know, we're talking, you know, a couple decades of that now, and now we're looking at, you know, just re-examining that, and what does that mean, right? Because, I mean, shows like Cops and Live PD are, you know, done. Um, but what about 
you know, like shows that are like scripted and whatnot that are on still going, like you know, Chicago PD, Law and Order SVU, you know, those kind of things. Um, my guess is they're not going away because while the backdrop of those shows is police work, what makes them attractive to the audience are, you know, the characters and the relationships between them, right? I mean, you know, we watch Law and Order SVU because we love Olivia Benson, right? And we like Finn Tutuola and, you know, whoever else happens to be in the gang <laughs> that season, right? Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but, you know, that's another one that's been mentioned is, you know, what are they going to do now? Because that's a comedy. And, you know, people love the characters, right? I mean, the backdrop is police precinct, but, I mean, people love the characters. So, I don't know. I mean... I mean, personally, I don't think we need to get rid of all of them. And I don't think, you know, we need to stop showing the ones that already have come, you know, have finished their run or whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I mean... Now, as to whether, you know, the you know kind of spectacular shootout kind of cop movies and stuff, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we had... Bad Boys for Life was this past January and was very much in that vein. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, the knock is on those that they basically glorify not the kind of mundane and routine aspects of police work, but just kind of extracurricular kind of stuff like in the Bad Boys. You know, second and third Bad Boys movies, they basically... They left the country, went to a foreign country without any authorization, you know, guns blazing, no permission from local authorities or anything, you know, shot up a bunch of stuff, shot a bunch of bad guys, and made it back home okay. <laughs> you know, in movies like Lethal Weapon, same thing, they just, <clears throat> well, they didn't leave, Lethal Weapon didn't leave the country, but they... You know, they go all over L.A. shooting up stuff and doing things that, you know, should not, would not be allowed in real life, you know. Um, and then, you know, some of these movies, stuff that we would call police brutality is kind of played up for laughs almost. Like, you know, I mean, slapping around a criminal to get, find out where the you know, the stash of drugs or whatever it is, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a staple of some of these movies, and it's always played up for laughs or for or kind of like a, you know, whip it out and show how big it is kind of moment for the main characters. Um, and stuff like that needs, you know, is going to be needed to be reimagined. Um, or... Now, what's really ironic is that, you know, there's like another kind of Law & Order spinoff kind of thing that's supposed to be coming in the next TV season, and they're bringing back Elliot Stabler, who is probably the 
most badly aged TV character, or at least one of them, the most badly aged TV characters ever. Because remember, he was on, S you know, back when, when Stabler was on SVU, he was the walking epitome of police brutality. I mean, he, you know, roughed up all kinds of folks and defied the captain and, you know, some of his fellow officers like Finn, you know, wanted to just you know, square up with him every other week. And, you know, Captain Cragen was tired of his crap. And, oh boy, that, I mean, that character is going to need a major rewrite to be acceptable in 2020. Because, yeah, that that was... <laughs> You know, but you know, he left SVU before Black Lives Matter became a thing in the real world and all of that. So, yeah, um, if there's ever a TV policeman who was wrong for the era of Black Lives Matter, it is Elliot Stabler. So, we're going to see what happens there. And let I me mean, honest. Let I me mean, looking back. I mean, even if you just kind of watch those episodes in context of the time that they happen, who boy, yeah. I mean, they got away with it because SVU deals with rapists, you know, pedophiles, murderers, right? And so, you know, he'd be roughing up those kind of folks. And that's where, you know, they kind of got away with it but he wasn't he wasn't beating down the weed man right but now I mean can't do that now not anymore can't so we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens going forward because I mean look propaganda is real I mean you know these shows that portray you know Again, all the important characters in the precinct are all good, upstanding folks. Nobody's corrupt. Nobody's abusive. Nobody, none of that. And it just it doesn't it doesn't match with the kind of what we're seeing now on these videos. And you can say the same thing about the military. I mean, the military is all up in. You know, superhero movies, Transformers movies, military movies like Top Gun come out next year, right? I mean, they're all up in these movies, which means, you know, they, obviously there's some, basically it's a PR campaign. Like, the Transformers movies were like an, damn near an advertisement for military. Because they had all these, you know, special forces guys fighting alongside the Autobots, right? I mean, you know, a lot of the, you know, Marvel movies, like, you had military folks alongside, fighting along, and cops fighting alongside the Avengers, all that kind of thing, so yeah, um, that's really something we're going to have to look at going forward, and revisit, and, you know, reimagine how we're going to portray these characters and their stories, because, I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the main reasons that these shows are all over TV is because they're, they're just easy. Right, you get some good-looking, likable actors, 
actresses. You know, you write up a little drama in between them. And then just the um, the nature of just police work makes for good episodic television where crime happens. They talk to people. They look for the culprit. They think they have them. They don't have them. Then comes the twist at the end, and then they catch them at the end of the show. Right? I mean, it's just, it makes, it's a perfect fit for episodic television. Which, you know, that's a big reason why there have been so many of them. So we're going to have to just, you know, think this stuff over and reimagine this stuff. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to go away. You know, but, you know, just, you have to do them differently. And we'll see what happens. And with that, we I think we are almost done for today or for this week. Going to take up another couple of songs for you and we will get out of here. college freshman year college 92 93 you know back when we used to listen to the radio every day <laughs> but um you know we heard some of her songs i think the first song was like you remind me that was the name of it didn't know who she was for a while thought maybe it was somebody we already knew but you know one day we actually sat around listened to the dj announce who it was oh mary j blige okay who's this and so first album was the foreign one came out me and a whole lot of other people bought it, and that thing got played a whole lot that school year. And that was just the beginning. So here we are almost 30 years later. She's still relevant. She's won awards. She's toured all over the place. She's worked with all kinds of different people. She, you know, she's had her ups and downs, you know, career and personal ups and downs, what have you. And she's still going, still going strong after all these years. So salute to Mary J and you know to keep the train rolling and you know we love you we're here for you if you if by some chance you are not familiar with her she's got a whole catalog of stuff for you to listen to lots of great stuff there and I imagine most of you listening to this are pretty 
darn familiar with her. So if you're like me and you haven't listened in a while, go back and rediscover her. <laughs> now, that being said. Now, time to say goodbye, just about. But before I do that, you know, we've, George Floyd has been in the news a lot. His homegoing service was earlier this week. And haven't really mentioned Maude Arbery in a little while. But his name got kicked around a good bit too. But there's one name I want that needs to be brought up that has not been brought up as much as it should be. And that's from uh, Brianna Taylor. Okay. <coughs> Now, some of y'all know the name. For those of you who don't, uh, she was a woman, Louisville, Kentucky. She was sleeping at home in bed with a boyfriend, not doing anything wrong, not bothering anybody, was not walking around or outside or anything. She was at home in her bed. And she was killed by police who barged in, did not knock on the door, did not identify themselves, came in shooting. Shot her eight times, killed her. And they were looking for a suspect who was already in custody. So, so who knows what the hell they were doing? And they killed her. Her boyfriend, you know, shot at them and got arrested. But he shot at them because they came in the house. Which, I mean, are you, you know... Second Amendment enthusiast out there, that's kind of your bag, isn't it? I mean, that you legally own a weapon so that if somebody breaks in your house, you can defend yourself. And that's what he was doing. And But he was arrested. <coughs> he was eventually released. But anyway, you know, I need to just remember Breonna Taylor and the officers who killed her are still free. You know, they, they need to face accountability as well as all the other officers who've been arrested. You know, a lot of times, look, we, we forget, you know, to mention our black women in these things, but they're getting killed too. It's not just us men. They're also getting killed. You know, Sandra Bland a few years ago. Another one, right? And, and there are many more. So we cannot forget them. Okay, been a few too many times seeing people run through names of all the guys. They don't mention any of the women, right? They're people too. And they're in as much danger from out of control police as men are. So don't forget the name, Brianna Taylor. And she needs justice, too. Uh, we're done for this week. Not going to keep you any longer. I know last week ran like super long. Not going to do that again. So, last few things to say. Um, I know more and more stuff is reopening out here. Don't fall for that garbage. Uh, COVID-19 is still around. Has not gone away. You need to 
keep that in mind before you run out there to start doing stuff again. I'm not going to be running out there doing stuff again. Movies, restaurants, all that. Nope, not happening. No time soon. Y'all need to do that too. Uh, for real. Um, anyway, that's it for this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay safe. Stay home unless you really have to go somewhere. You go somewhere. Keep your distance from people. Keep your mask on. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Okay. <laughs> it still ain't safe out there like that. So, like I always say, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless you guys. Love y'all. And I will... We're going to ride out with what's probably my favorite song off her, Mary's first album. It's called Love No Limit. And we're going to ride out with that. And I will talk to y'all next week. Sure you said it's right And there's no hard thing to the joy I'll bring I wanna give